0: You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tux Aruteri. This is episode 34. Welcome to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe we are braver than we know, stronger than we think, and more beautiful than we can ever imagine. Episode 34 is Beyond the Quit fighting for your dream. How are you? Because we've got to fight for what we believe. (laughs) I want to start by saying thank you for tuning in. And if this is your first or your 10th or even your 34th time listening, thank you from the bottom of my heart because I don't take your choosing this podcast lightly and I'm truly honoured that you are here. If you haven't subscribed Do so by clicking the relevant button on whatever platform you're listening on. And also, please give this podcast a five-star rating, even if you've done so before. It's not for the benefit of my ego, but rather it's to increase the size of my audience. Thank you very much. I've got an unpopular opinion. The overuse of the phrase, trigger warning. (laughs) People typically would use it to give a warning on something potentially upsetting that they have shared or about to share on social media, which might distress the reader. So we're talking heavy stuff like uh, suicide, assault, that sort of thing, that sort of heavy life-changing distressing situation because trauma is real. And we all have a responsibility to guard our minds and also the minds of others to an extent if certain information will send them into a dark place. But now, it's been used for everything. Trigger warning, my cat died. Trigger warning, I lost my job. Trigger warning, my boyfriend proposed. Just in case you might get jealous. As though being upset is a bad thing. You see, God created us with the ability to experience all types of emotions and they all play a role in us living our best life. Being upset, being angry, being unsettled, that's just an indication that something or perhaps someone isn't doing right or going the way that you prefer. So if I find that conversations with a certain person always leaves me feeling disconcerted, I can explore why I feel that way. There might be a valid reason. There might be a silly reason, you know, I shouldn't. For example, I'm just being a baby and I can stop being a baby about it and just, you know, deal with it, or I can end those conversations. The topic on toxic friendships is one of the most popular ones in this podcast and I can't remember what episode it is, but just type in toxic friendships and you'll find it. I think it's around 17 or 18. I talk about a friendship of mine that left me feeling inadequate and unsure of my own abilities. And if I had never addressed and stopped that friendship. Today, I will still be the recipient of toxic, damaging information, which would have taken my life in a completely different and wrong direction. So emotions like anger and disappointment and fear and pain, they're not bad, they're unpleasant, but they exist to inform you so that you can make safe and sensible decisions for you. If someone posts my cat dies and every single time it takes me to a dark place, I've got to address my problem. Your feelings are valid. Your experiences are valid, but don't just deal with a negative emotion by running away from them. You need to experience them. You need to explore your emotions because they are guideposts that help us on our journey. You really can't go through life avoiding situations that bring up negative emotions that are natural. Okay, my rant is over. (laughs) My rant is over. Mary Mary is one of my favorite groups. And if this podcast were a song, it would be called I Just Can't Give Up Now. The rest of the chorus of the song goes I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy and I don't believe you've brought me this far to leave me. I have left the link to this inspiring song in the show notes. Today, we are continuing with Sue Yellowtail's story and the fear response. And how we can use it to navigate our world. If you're just jumping on for the first time, or you have missed a few episodes and have chosen to jump on today, or your your style of listening is to just click on random episodes based on on the topics, which I do sometimes with some podcasts, you really want to go back to episode 33, which is the previous one. So you can get the full benefit of this episode because I am I started with the story of this woman who came face-to-face with a cougar and uh, went through the four fear responses. And the whole point of sharing her story and her responses is looking at how we can use the fear response as it relates to physical threat to deal with the fear response as it relates to imagined threats which tend to show up as opportunities so head back pause go back listen to episode 33 if you've missed it and then come back and listen to this one Sue had been through the freeze and flight responses and we stopped at the point where she was running for her life so that was flight remember that up until this point she had managed deliberate controlled movements to not startle the cougar and she was somewhat able to maintain some level of control until the animal made a sudden move towards her and that part of her brain that is used for reasoning, which is the prefrontal cortex, shut down and instinct took over entirely. The prefrontal cortex is the decision-making zone of the brain and I forget what the other part is. I think it's the hypothalamus that is the, um, instinctive reactive side of the brain. Now, wouldn't it be awesome if when we made a move into the growth or the scary zone, the prefrontal would shut down so we can just go with the flow. Well, decision-making is vital to our survival but it's also an act that we tend to run away from because we don't want to be responsible if things go wrong. I've caught myself evading making decisions. I even did it yesterday, guys, because I'm just not ready to deal with the whole responsibility of making a major decision. I am working on it, so I recognized exactly what I was doing. It meant that I typed up and then erased a text three times, each time changing the wording. I was giving someone an instruction, but I didn't want to give the instruction. I didn't want to be responsible in case my the decision I had made for them was wrong. And so my first text sounded like I was laying out options for them to then make a decision and pick. And I recognized what I was doing, and so I erased it. And my second text sounded A bit less indecisive, but still was not an instruction. It was still like with a question at the end. What do you think? And then finally I did it. I'm like, okay, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Let me know when you're done and hit send. (laughs) Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you have no issues in that department. And if that's the case, we need your help. We need your input. Please send us a message or drop a comment in this and just offer us some tips to help us. Back to our story, Ms. Yellowtail was now halfway across the creek, walking away, wading away. Actually, no, at this point, she was running away from from the cougar, but then her boot got caught in a rock. And in Nigeria, at this point, we'll say her enemies escorted her across the stream. (laughs) She fell into the water and at the same time the cougar pounced, but because she was falling, it missed her neck and swiped her scalp instead. And at this point we would say, Nigeria, she served a living god. Nonetheless, the weight of the animal pushed her further down, and the thought she had in this moment was, When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Sounds like someone given up, isn't it? Have you ever tried and tried, and in the end just accept that it's time to give up? Here's the thing, when you arrive at that point of quitting, it will always make logical sense to do so. Everyone knows that a human cannot fight off a cougar without weapons and then survive. At this point, we're talking literally man on man. There was no distance between the koga and, and um, Sue. And she even had felt its teeth graze her scalp and she could recall the warm breath on her face. That's how close it was. It was over. In a previous episode, I talked about the day my neighbor announced to me they were closing down their shop. They sold children's clothing and there were three co-owners. And so they shared the workload and the challenges and the stress. Their shop was way busier than mine. We were in the same geographical location, which meant that our trading conditions were almost identical as it related to footfall. And my thought was, if she's quitting, (laughs) what am I still doing? Trying to stay open. It made sense to close the shop too and accept that it was over. This stage of the fear response, where Sue now found herself, is the third stage, which is called fright. It's also called tonic immobility, which is a loss of voluntary movement, and it's also called quiescence, like to acquiesce to something. In the animal kingdom, Fright looks like playing dead. The body goes completely limp and floppy. And it is the brain's last ditch effort to appear dead in the hope that the attacker will stop attacking. So a lot of times when we're watching those wildlife programs and a uh, tiger or lion or whatever goes after a gazelle and finally catches it. And the gazelle stops fighting, stops struggling. This is the fright stage. It's not necessarily dead, it just kind of flops and acts dead. Again, it's involuntary, It's not. it doesn't choose to do so. And it's done in the hope of telling the attacker that there's no need to fight me anymore. The fright stage is the giving up stage. It's the everybody's got to die sometime stage. That's what it looks like. When Sue accepted that it was over and said everyone's got to die, it, that's exactly what was happening. She was entering this stage. And it's the point where you can't find any visible evidence of your chance of survival. It's the quitting stage, but that's not really the end. Because once the cougar let her go momentarily, like it does, when it holds onto its prey and the prey appears dead, it lets go because he thinks it's killed them. And this is an opportunity. It's only a moment, a split second, a window. And her thought in that split second changed from everyone's got to die someday to I'm going to kill this animal or it's going to kill me. This was the thought that signaled the start of the final stage of fear, which is fight the cougar was not about to let its meal go. So it went for her again. At this point, she got into a panic so deep that she blacked out for about 10 to 15 seconds and then came back to her consciousness to find that she had rammed her hand down the animal's throat. She had a remarkable sense of clarity considering the circumstances and she knew that she either had to kill the animal or be killed. In addition, she strangely remembered that she had a fishing vest on and in her fishing vest, she had a pair of fishing pliers that were on a retractable string. First, she tried to wrap the string around its neck, but she wasn't able to. And then she abandoned that plan and then decided to stab the animal repeatedly in its eye with the plier's And what's so interesting, even to her, as she recounted her story, is the fact that she was able to think, make decisions, abandon plans, make new plans, all while fighting a cougar. I think that the human body, soul, mind, spirit is absolutely incredible. But I find it reassuring, even though she was not in control of her actions at that time. I find it reassuring because I think that, and I've always believed that when you don't know what to do, your life knows. One of my favorite reminders, and you may have heard me say this, is the thing you're looking for is also looking for you. And that's why sometimes things just seem to magically fall into place you decide you want to buy a house, but you're worried about how much mortgage you'll qualify for. The next day, you strike up a conversation with someone on the train only to discover that they're a mortgage broker who deals with special cases like yours. (laughs) I don't believe there are coincidences. I believe that God has arranged the entire universe to assist you in fulfilling his will on earth. And there's a scripture that says, God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. Sarah Blakely, you've heard me refer to her. She is my business role model. And it's not because she was at one time the youngest female billionaire, but because she believed so deeply in her idea that she did crazy things to make it happen. Once she was caught on camera using duct tape. (laughs) to attach her products to the checkout points at Neiman Marcus so that people will impulse buy them. She was not working for Neiman Marcus. She was not an employee. She had no business having anything being stocked to the counters, but she went ahead and did it anyway. The manager called her the next day and said, we saw you on camera. (laughs) Another time she asked her friends, to visit the department stores in their neighborhood, asking for her product. And when they showed it to them, what she basically said to them was, can you please go to the Neiman Marcus near you? Because they were the only uh, store that sold Spanx at the time and ask them for Spanx. And you'll say, I've been looking for this product called Spanx. Would you happen to have it? And when they give it to you, say, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. And just feign exhilaration and excitement and acting like they had been searching everywhere for it. And so her friends would buy it. I should refund their money. And she did this for a while. Yet another time, this woman was to be interviewed by the Oprah Winfrey team. They flew down to Atlanta where she lived. And she then pro- proceeded to invite people to her house and act like they worked for her while she held a board meeting. Sarah is my business muse, if you haven't figured that out yet. Jamie Kern Lima, I introduced her to you in episode 33. She's another one. How wild thing involved working 20-hour days and daring to say out loud that she wanted to change the beauty industry and then she proceeded to do it. We all have altruistic desires. Some of them are wild and saying it loudly is one thing, but to actually do it, you need some balls. Jamie's book, Believe It, is a good read. Recommended it previously, I recommend it again. The fight stage is where you are, when you are prepared to die fighting for your dream. It's the point you arrive at and say, I've got to kill this animal or it's going to kill me. It is the last ditch effort of doing something as crazy as ramming your hand down an animal's throat or stabbing it in the eye, even though you're squeamish. It's the place that you stand after you have given up, after you have quit, but realize that you have a momentary moment, enough life left to still manifest your dream, to enjoy the fruit of your labor, to live the life that you have imagined. One of my favorite prayers is, Lord, let me enjoy your blessings while I'm still young. Because I don't see the point of finally making it just before the curtain falls. Hey, it helps you became a billionaire but uh, tomorrow you're dying. (laughs) If you think giving up is the end, it doesn't have to be. You can give up and then get up to fight to the death. I believe we are wired to not quit. Yes, there are times it's a lot easier and we are tempted to give up on our dreams, but that pull is really a yearning for relief. You've heard me talk about the spirit, soul, and body, which is the entirety of every human. Your spirit is a superior part of you because it's connected to God. Your soul is the container of your mind and is also a conduit that connects your spirit to your body. So you receive an instruction from God and you pass it on to your body to act it out. This is the space in which we make the plans to manifest things that only exist in the invisible realm. And God created us as spirits but then he gave us a body and although the spirit is the most superior part we are fallen beings and therefore we tend to live mostly through the senses of our body which is supposed to embody the will of the spirit but instead we live by its own cravings and its own impulses and we prefer rest and pleasure. We don't want to suffer which is understandable we would rather enjoy the trappings of wealth than work for it. If you're not familiar with the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible, I'll leave a, sh- a link in the show notes so you can see how we were supposed to leave. We we're supposed to be picking fruits, guys. We we're supposed to be running around naked and not even know we're naked. I mean, I wouldn't even have to wear a bra. <laughs> no bra, no spanks, no tights, no cooking. Food was always ready. That was the plan but somebody listened to a slithering animal and changed everything for us. And we then needed to start working. And so quitting is an attractive option because it takes us back to how we were supposed to leave. It would always be attractive, but there is more beyond the quit. If you have quit, you can get up. This podcast, I'm hoping, is a momentary gap that allows you to see a route to escape the, the doldrums of the life you've been living, if you feel that way. To quote from the article, people in the throes of full sympathetic overdrive, which is the involuntary nervous system, are capable of totally inhibited blind violence. They will use any weapon and inflict any injury wherever they can. On the battlefield, this impulse may be useful in the heat of fighting. It's wonderful, but it can also lead to reckless and even mindless behavior. And it is very difficult to shut off. And so we come to understand now that this sympathetic nervous system process works for good or for bad. You've heard the term ruthless businessman. These are people who, you know, would do anything to see their business succeed, even if it means seeing other people bleed and they feel nothing, so long as it expands their business. In Nigeria, where I come from, people engage in ritual killings just to obtain money or position. There are people who will kill to get their hands on what they want. That ability to fight to the death is in all of us, but your character determines what you're going to use it on. If you've ever observed the immigrants from North Africa into Europe, or even from Mexico into the US, into the United States, you see how they risk their lives. They're going across seas. They know there is a chance that they would die. They know that there is a chance that they could drown, they could get caught, they could get turned around. Many people sell everything they own just to make that trip across, looking for a better life. There are people who have died in the luggage compartments of planes. There are people who have died, you know, inhaling carbon monoxide because they were in a truck coming from France into the United Kingdom. They know the journey is treacherous, but they are prepared to fight for their dream. Are you prepared to fight? Maybe you're going through a challenging season. Maybe you've looked around and it seems like you've been in this predator's domain for far too long and you have given up on your dream. Your ambition to start that business or begin that career seems pointless because you can't find an iota of hope to grasp at. If you've been playing dead, it's time to get up. Every morning comes with a blessing of new energy, 24 untouched hours, and hope for the future. This is your momentary pause in the game to free yourself and begin to fight to the death. Then again, maybe the issue is not time or energy because some people know they have time and have all the energy in the world. They're like the energizer bunny. Maybe what you're lacking is zest or enthusiasm for your dream or your ambition. My hope is that the Leaving Inside Out podcast gives you the boost that you need to fight. And if this is your first time listening, I recommend going back to start from episode one where I describe the death of my dream and how I fought to get it back to life. Are you in the fight stage? Don't give up. The fight stage can be disconcertingly long. (laughs) and We can get weary of fighting. I want to encourage you not to stop. Because weariness comes from a lack of hope or a lack of rest. Because you won't bother fighting if there's no hope. And if you don't rest, you'll suffer from exhaustion and you'd believe you don't even have any energy to keep going. So I'd like to leave you with some practical tips because what's the point of knowledge if we can't use it, (laughs) right? Number one, build rest and refreshing into your day. And this goes beyond the physical It includes your mind and your spirit. Don't plow through your day through the the tasks that you have and tumble into bed at night completely wiped out. Don't buy into the idea that you must work until you're exhausted and you have no room to think and no room to refresh or just revive yourself. Number two, build a vision board. This one never gets old. Your vision board places your destination in front of you, so you don't get tricked into thinking you've arrived when you're still journeying. And number three, build a culture of learning. And this can be through classes and podcasts and seminars, because you can never stop learning. So build a community of seekers into your life. My friends and I, we've got that culture. When we get on the phone, we always share what we've been learning and Most of the time, it's life lessons. It's nothing, you know, nothing technical or formal. We just share our experiences and what we have garnered from it. Because you can't possibly experience everything, so you can learn from trusted friends and they can learn from you as well. If this episode has blessed or inspired you, why don't you give it a five star rating? I know it sounds repetitive, but your reviews and your ratings actually help us to get found by those who need to be inspired by my content. And furthermore, you can share this with your network. You can at least do that, right? Thank you. (laughs) Connect with me on social media, my hashtag, my, uh, handle, what's up with me? My handle is Tuxarotary add Tuxarotary and the links are in the show notes. Till next time, Thank you for listening and remember to leave always from the inside out.